The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon. And welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. We're going to be talking about a difficult topic today. We're going to talk about hate. Because, you know, there's so much going on in our country, even around the globe right now, that's all about hate. Hate of difference is the primary hate that's being manifested right now. I hate you because you're different. Whether it has to do with color, sexual orientation, gender identity, ethnicity, or political opinion, what is primarily being, primarily being hated at this time is difference. So we're going to spend some time talking about difference and about hate on this show. And what we're going to learn is how we might turn the fear that is hate into love. So stay here for the whole show today. You don't want to miss this. So we see a lot going on today uh, with the shootings, with all the uh, uh, political rallies that, that seem to be infested with hatred going on. We see it on TV quite a bit. And it's always been there. It's always been lurking under the surface and we haven't always seen it so openly. And the thing about any psychological problem is that it has to be manifested openly before we can actually deal with it. We thought we dealt with, for example, civil rights when, we, when the first laws came out and but were put on the books about civil rights. And we thought that, that that should be enough. People will just, you know, get over it. And uh, what happened was it went underground. People began to repress their hatred in the name of what's politically correct. Um, and, uh, and, and it, and, to be nice, to be socially, uh, uh, not to be making any social mistakes, we would we would repress our hatred. But uh, as we can see, it's very obviously still there in a lot of cases, and so much there that people are willing to murder other people for it. So when um, when the Black Lives Matter, uh, for example, came out, and people started saying, "Yeah, well, all my lives matter." Well, the reason that people said all lives matter was because they hated the idea that black lives should matter as much as they do now. Because for so many centuries, black lives didn't matter. And when black, when when African Americans were enslaved, they just, their lives didn't matter at all. So what what the black what that argument is is to say black lives do matter. Listen up, we're we're here too. We're real too. We matter too. And uh, that wasn't to say that other lives didn't matter, uh, but but the argument became that, oh, well, all lives matter. Don't be telling me that black lives matter because so there was hate on both sides. Um, doesn't, was, doesn't mean that black lives matter originated from hate because I don't believe it did. I think it originated from an idea that 
we want you guys to understand that we're equal with you. But, um, but the backlash to it has come from hate. And, uh, and uh, so there's a lot of hate with regard to sexual orientation. Um, uh, less perhaps now than there used to be, but still there. And it, whatever is there has gone basically underground to some degree or another. And we'll continue to do that for several years and then it'll rise again. Because everything that is repressed eventually comes back out. And when it comes back out, it's not pretty. And the whole point of it coming back out is so that we can become conscious of it so that we can then begin to deal with it as a collective. And not everything can be dealt with by laws. The laws can be put on the book, but our psychological growth has to be individual. And that's what we want to talk about today, that individual psychological growth that turns hate into love. So, okay, let's talk about, let's talk about hate for just a few minutes. Hate originates in a couple of different sources. Uh, the first of those is what I would call love wounded. So someone that I love... And, and want to respect has been shaming and belittling and abusive to me in some ways that have, have uh, distorted my reality and, and I tend to believe that I'm less than somehow as a result of how my interaction with that person. And typically this might be a parent uh, who has a lot of power over a child, for example, and teaches the child that the child is somehow less than and and belittles the child frequently and criti- criticizes the child frequently and even physically, mentally, emotionally, or otherwise uh, abuses the child. And the child may grow up to hate that parent. And what, what that, lo- that hate is, is love wounded. It's, I wanted to love you. I wanted you to love me. But you couldn't love me. You couldn't really honor who I am as an authentic being. You had to be uh, abusive and and critical and belittling of me. And so I grew up with this shame sitting in the pit of my stomach, and therefore I hate you because you're the, co- you're the cause of that. That's the way it looks to that person. So, so uh, that kind of hate is a kind of love wounded. And what needs to happen is the wound needs to be healed individually inside the person. And it can't necessarily be healed with that parent because that parent may or may not be willing to change but it can be healed inside the individual through a lot of work to bring the authentic self to awareness and and to uh to begin to love the self and to not shame the self then we don't need to hate that other person anymore um so that's one form of hate that's not what we're talking about today although that's also an important kind of hate um we're talking today on a more collective scale, less individually, where hate is, is brought about as a need to distance myself from someone else. And that, the base of that is not a wound, but the base of that is fear. I'm afraid of your difference. I'm afraid of who you are. I'm afraid of what you represent. I'm afraid of what, you, what powers you might have over me. I'm afraid. And therefore, I have to keep you at a distance so that I can, so that I can be okay. Uh, and that is the kind of hate we see on the collective level. So when I'm afraid of your dis- difference, I'm, I create distance so that you won't, you won't scare me anymore. Uh, that's psychic distance. So psychic distance means you're far away from me. I don't know you. I don't have to get to know you. I don't want to know you because you scare me. And that's what we've created 
um, or at least psychic distance in this case, although psychic distance can also be used in some more productive ways as well. But, um, but uh, so if I hate you because you're different, then I, then we have to look at difference as well. So what what is why why do I have to hate you because you're different? Well, that comes from an emptiness inside of each one of us. So if I don't realize that I have all that there is that I need inside of me, then I might be afraid that your difference makes me uncomfortable so that, so that there's something missing in me. Maybe I feel like I should be more like your difference or maybe I'm afraid that I am like your difference or maybe I'm, I'm uh, scared that I'm not good enough and I can't measure up and you're so different that it makes me question my worth. All of those things are about my personality and my person, my own personal struggles. They're not about you at all. But I've, I've projected the problem onto you and I hate you because of it. So I think for centuries in particular, Africans, African Americans, what the people, race of people we call African Americans in America, uh, but actually the black uh, ethnicity from all over the world that has for centuries carried a projection of darkness or badness because the color of their skin is black or, or dark brown. And so we say um, that, you know, archetypally there's some kind of badness there. And, and we, we say that there's some kind of dark, mysterious evil there. And, it, and we don't know that we think that way. But a lot of times when people begin to work on their racial issues in therapy, they finally come down to this sort of archetypal collective, archetypal belief that black men are somehow inherently evil. Black men and women are somehow inherently evil, which of course is utterly false. So uh, that, that belief is, is, you know, way down deep and we have to work to find it. And so that's the work of dealing with hate is to get, down deep into yourself and begin to love yourself and then you don't need to hate anyone else so that process is one we'll talk about le- in the uh, later in the show today we'll talk about how you can get to know yourself at a deep level and and begin to love yourself more but uh for now what we under- want to understand is that if i if i am insecure in any kind of way i may need to project my insecurity onto others in some kind of way so I don't want to know that I'm insecure, so you've got the problem. I don't want to know that I, um, you know, uh, have issues, that, racial issues, so I project it onto you and say you've got racial issues. I don't want to know that, um, that I'm afraid of difference, so I just make you difference and send you away. I don't want to know things about myself, so therefore I project those things onto you. And that's what we've done with a lot of the darker races here on planet Earth, we have made the darker races the carrier of our the white projections of badness or less thanness or less than humanness, and we have and they have carried that for us for centuries. And so then we wonder, well, well, all right, you you say you want to get up, why can't you just hurry up and get up off the ground and and be okay? You know, you you said you. You wanted to be uh, have all the same rights that we have. Well, you've got them now. How come you can't just jump right up and take those? Well, for centuries they've lived in the belief that that we the white people taught them that uh, they they're less than. So it's going to be a, a process for them to overcome that belief as a collective. Um, 
I've learned from from other black friends and people, teachers that I've had that tell me there's something called black shame that they carry that we gave them. We taught them to be ashamed. White people taught them to be ashamed of themselves, and therefore they feel ashamed of themselves sometimes. And not all of them, of course. Some some still carry that, and others don't. But but uh, you know when they when they carry that shame for us, and they can't just jump right up out of our shame and and become all that we think that they ought to be able to do to prove that they've taken on the rights that we so graciously gave them, then we then we. Uh, we don't get it. <laughs> we just don't get it, what they're having to struggle through that we put on them. It's kind of like, you know, in America in particular, we brought the black race to America and we told them, you're nothing. We, you know, and we told them that for long enough for them to become to believe it. And then we set them free and said, okay, now you're something. We didn't teach them anything about how to do that. We didn't show them any, uh, didn't give them models for it. And so they've had to struggle through that. So, so there's still some some vestiges of that in some parts of that culture, and we want. I would love to help them and facilitate whatever I can to open the doors to that. So that's one of the reasons I'm doing this show today. Um, but hate hate says you're not you you're you're an object. You're an object that I can project on my my unconscious material onto and you'll just be the receptacle of that unconscious material and I won't have to look at it anymore. That's one of the best things that hate does for us psychological, psychologically. And of course it doesn't work. It's not really true. What we end up doing is, is causing a lot of craziness in our society because we have projected our own sense of shame and unworthiness onto another human being or onto another race or onto another uh, sexual orientation or gender identity or ethnicity or political opinion and we we just say well you're just evil you carry all that for me i don't have to look at my own stuff now and that's how hate works and it is mostly because i'm afraid to look at my own stuff that i need to project that onto you so hate is fear. I'm afraid to look at myself and find my own darkness, and so I project all my darkness onto you and say, you carry it. The misunderstandings and uh, misidentifications and, and disregard for the authenticity of other human beings that comes with this kind of hate is, is rampant, it, uh, and, it's, and it's wounding to the parties that we hate. So if I hate you because you're gay... Uh, then I, what I'm saying is that you're, you're, I'm, you're unworthy. You carry all my unworthiness about my own fears about my sexual orientation, my own fears about who I am as a sexual being. Whether I'm gay or straight, it doesn't matter. You carry all that for me. I'll just throw all that darkness onto you and you carry it for me and I won't have to think about it anymore. And so I'm afraid to think about my own sexuality in any kind of real terms and you'll just be my dumping ground for that. Same with gender identity. We've got a lot of gender identity phobia that's out there that has to do with, with you, ha- you know, this was the sex you got born with, so therefore it must be the one that God gave you, and therefore you must be a terrible person to want to change it. Um, you know, and so we, 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 we throw that out there because we don't want to have to think about gender. And the truth is that over the past 30 years, maybe more, we've learned more about sexuality and about gender than we have ever known in the history of the world. 
because uh, people with variant sexual orientations and variant gender identities are teaching us that gender is not what we thought it was. Gender is not the sex you were assigned at birth. Gender is a whole other thing about how you feel as a soul, how you feel as a being, as an entity. And so that, that piece... That piece is so very important because why? Because it turns us inside to find gender instead of outside to find certain mannerisms and job d- duties and the way you walk. I, I heard these uh, announcers on the Olympics the past few days. Uh, one of the comments that I heard was, uh, "She swims, she swims like a man," which uh, um, you know you put that in reverse and would would you hear? He swims like a woman? Probably not. So, you know, those kind of statements are pretty sexist and, and they come off that way. And, and so there's some, some ideas that we just have to learn over time that uh, can help us understand that difference is just another way of growing into ourselves. We, we as a collective become different in different pockets of our collectiveness that help us all to understand different aspects of ourselves that we've never understood before. We're going we're gonna to find over the next 50 to 100 years that gender is something very, very different than what we thought it was. And that's just one example. Sexuality is one that's something that is very different than what we thought it was. How does one person of the same sex fall in love with somebody else of the same sex if it doesn't have legitimacy? But people that hate it don't want to look at that. They don't want to ask that question. They don't want to think about it. They just want to hate it because they don't want to have to look at themselves to see what kinds of sexual uh, differences they might have in their own lives. They don't. Might, they they just fear it. It's just too scary. I don't want to look at that because I don't want to have to think about my own sexual orientation or my own sexuality, whether it has that regards orientation or not. So this thing about hate is all about fear of of what we might find in ourselves, and that's what I want to make really really clear clear that that it really doesn't have a single thing to do with other people. Our f- hate, our hate really has nothing whatsoever to do with another human being. We don't hate that other human being. We're just projecting onto that o- other human being our own hatred of ourselves, our own insecurities, our own um, misidentifications, our own unwillingness to look at our own, own stuff. That's what we're doing. And that's what hate's all about. So anytime I see hate, I recognize that this is somebody who doesn't want to be conscious. This is somebody who's afraid of their con- own consciousness. And, and also, hate as it's rising to awareness now for all of us as a collective helps us look at our own hate and begin to examine it if we're willing, which is what I want to do today. I want to examine it and, and, and not just call it hate, but let's examine it. Let's look at the, part, the point behind it. Let's see what's going on here so that we can become uh, more conscious as a collective. All right, so we're going to talk some more about hate and about difference in the next section, so be here for that. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you just seem to be stuck in the same pattern over and over? Sometimes life seems to be about just spinning your wheels. It never has to be that way. Listen for Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with host Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. Mosaic art is a lot like pieces of our lives. They just need to be put back together, one piece at a time. You deserve to live a happy life. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about hate and particularly hate of difference. But before we go any further with that, I want to tell you about Oprah Winfrey's all-new season of Super Soul Sunday. It premiered on August the 7th with her interview with uh, Dr. Shafali Sabari. Very good interview. If you missed that, I hope you taped it uh, because it's a very good interview. And if you didn't see it there, you can go to OWN and pick it up on their uh, OWN TV. And and uh, on August the 14th, she's going to be t- talking to life strategist Tony Robbins and his wife Sage Robbins. And that's this coming Sunday. The Humane Society of the United States President CEO Wayne Passell. She's going to talk to him on 821, uh, August the 21st. And Hollywood power couple Devon Franklin and Megan Good on the 28th of August. And these wonderful shows are going to last all the way through October. I'll be telling you more about September and October shows as we get closer to those times. Uh, so you want to tune in to Oprah's all-new season, two-time Emmy award-winning series, Super Soul Sunday, on uh, August the 14th, this coming Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN. Um, very good shows. I don't miss a single one of them. So we're talking today about hate and difference. And what we've said thus far is that the collective hate that we have about difference in regard with regard to color, sexual orientation, gender identity, ethnicity, or political opinion, or the other like differences 
uh, has to do with our own fear of looking into ourselves to find our own insecurities, our own darknesses, our own issues with regard to sexuality, gender, ethnicity, or political opinion, or other like issues. So, what we do is we project on other, we project project our fears onto those other people, and we say we hate them. And what that does is create some psychic distance, so that we just don't have to be around those people. And of course. The less we are around them, the less will, less able we are to get to know them, which means we don't know the truth about who we're hating. <laughs> you know, we block ourselves from understanding the truth about who we hate by deliberately choosing not to be around those people, uh, which means we can't ever get to know them, and they can't ever tell us who they really are. So it's a neat package, don't you think? It's wrapped up in a nice little box that says, I've got hate, and it protects me from all things that I don't want to know about, and that's that. Um, and it doesn't give that other person any chance to be a real person to you. Uh, but we, when we ask questions like we asked just before the break, how is it that a person of the same sex can fall in love with the same, another person, a person of the same sex also? How can that be if it's not real? I mean, falling in love is something that comes up out of the unconscious. It's not something we decide to do. We don't choose to fall in love. Did you fall in love with your wife by choice? Your husband by choice? No, you didn't. You fell in love because that's what occurred in within you. That's why we call it falling in love because it falls out on us from the unconscious. Um, and, and so you didn't get up one morning and say, I think I'll go find my husband or my wife today. That's not how those things happen. These are not things that we have control over. And yet, there are people who continuously insist that, uh, that sexual orientation is a choice. And, you know, if, if we said heterosexuality was a choice, then they might have to go, oh, wait a minute, let me rethink that. <laughs> you know, but that's not how we think because we are afraid of difference. We're afraid of growth. The whole fundamentalist movement, regardless of religion, the whole fundamentalist movement is made out of fear that often does become hate. And it means I'm afraid of change. I'm afraid of newness. I'm afraid of difference. I'm afraid of these things encroaching on my safe little box. I've got everything in my nice little box here. And you're rocking the boat of where my box is. And you're scaring me to death. So I just hate you. And I don't want anything to do with you. And you're wrong. And I'm good. And there's the end of that. Now we're done. That's how that happens. Um, and so we close the door, we slam the door uh, on the possibility of growing and evolving more into who we are as authentic beings. And that is what hate does. So I want to say to all you haters out there, your hatred only tells me who you are. It tells nothing about me. It tells nothing about a black person. It tells nothing about a white person. It tells nothing about Native Americans. It tells nothing about indigenous tribes from all around the world. It tells nothing about people at all, period, end of subject. It does not talk about them because your hatred doesn't even allow you to know them. So how could you possibly, uh, how could it possibly be about them? It's about you. Your hatred tells me that you have a problem with your own security. That's all it tells me. It does not tell me anything about the people you hate. So let's just make that really, really clear from the get-go. This show is all about authenticity, and authenticity is all about consciousness. And consciousness means becoming aware of who we are as authentic beings. So when, if we're going to become aware, 
then we have to look at our hate. We have to look below our hate to find our own insecurities and our own need to project those onto other people, places, and, and things and circumstances. Um, so, let's talk a little bit now about difference. You know, difference is, is uh, one of the most amazing features of the human race and of the world in general, the globe in general. A cloud is not a tree. A tree is not an ocean. A rock is not a, a, a blade of grass. Everything is different. Everything has a difference in it. Um, you know, and uh, the different amazing species of animals, some of them beautiful, some of them what I would look at and go, yuck. <laughs> you know, roaches, no, not my favorite animals. But they are, there they are with all their difference. Um, and uh, they live their lives in peace as long as they're not in my house. We're good. Uh, so, uh, you know, the... There's so much difference that's just a part of our essential beingness that we have not yet begun to even perceive as a part of our need to create. Uh, we are creating this whole energy of evolution out of difference. Difference can be a very strong motivator for us to grow. If you're different from me and I'm married to you, and very commonly we do marry people who are somewhat different from us, then then we have to learn how to negotiate and accommodate and make room for and, and allow and respect that other person's difference, that they don't have to be just like us. The, you know, I work with couples all the time, and the biggest problem that I see walk in the door with couples therapy is that both parties are trying to change the other person into themselves. You, I don't like your difference. You're, you're wrong for being different. I'm right for being who I am, and you're wrong for being who you are. You need to change and be more like me. And if you'll just change and be more like the, me, everything will be fine. And, of course, the other person's saying the same thing, so they're button heads. And there's this real kind of righteousness about it. Well, I don't think like that, so why should he think like that? Well, because he thinks like that. <laughs> That's why he should think that way. Um, I don't think that way, so why should she think that way? Well, because she thinks that way. And, and that's a real common problem and in relationships. So that happens on the everyday in a, in a more microscopic kind of way on our globe in these in individual coupled relationships. It also happens in a collective way that we're generally doing that. We want to get safe in our own little sense of righteousness. And I'm right, and this makes me feel safe, and I got it all worked out now, so don't go rocking my vote, vote by telling me that, that somebody else has got a different way to do it, and it's okay for them to do it that way. So difference is, is one of those things that has, because it does rock the boat, it has one of the greatest capacities to bring us to further evolution, to further consciousness. It makes us able to wake up to the fact that, oh, um, I have traits and capacities that really belong to me that I can become, begin to appreciate like a special song that's just me, that, my, that is my song that expresses me in its deepest essence. And you have a different song, but that doesn't mean that those songs can't harmonize together and one can be the melody and the other can be the harmony or vice versa. So that's how really it can work in terms of our evolution. I grow as a result of having to accommodate your difference. I grow deeper into myself and into more self-respect as I begin to respect your difference. I become a more evolved and open and loving individual as I begin to respect your difference. And that's why difference is so important. 
So if a rock told a blade of grass that it should be a rock, then the blade of grass is not going to be able to comply. If a white person tells a black person that the black person must be more like the white person, the black person is not going to be able to comply, not only because the color of his skin is different, but because his culture is different, his beliefs are different. He's different in his own individualized and collective way. He's different, and that's okay. And that's what we have as, as we grow into that possibility that it's okay for people to be different, then... We evolve, we grow, we become bigger people. We become more uh, open to the possibility that there's more to create here than just sameness. And I want to say that again, there's just so much more to create here on planet Earth than sameness. Sameness is just the same. Let's just make all of planet Earth one big rock. And there's nothing else here but one big rock. You know, and all the people are white and have blue eyes and blonde hair and that's the way it is and nothing else can be true and they walk on rock and there's nothing else here I don't know how we're going to eat I don't know how we're going to make houses I don't know how we're going to do all that but that's the way it is here but no that's not the way it is here the way it is here is that we have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of difference in every area of living and so when we, when we think in terms of sameness, we think, I've got it. I've got it figured out. I'm white. I've got blonde hair and blue eyes. Therefore, everyone else should have the same thing. And if they do, then everything will be all right. And I won't have to think about this anymore. But if they're different from me, then what does that mean about me? What does that say about me if you're different from me? Well, does it mean I'm less than you? Does it mean that I should be afraid of you? Does it mean that you have something I don't have? What does that mean? And that's where our hate comes in. That's where we start going, oh, I hate you because you make me have to think about things that I don't want to have to think about. Because I already have some insecurities that I haven't yet addressed. So I project those onto you. So, so when, we're, when we're talking about difference, what we're talking about is a creative possibility. We're not talking about a crime. We're not talking about a sin. We're not talking about badness. We're talking about a creative possibility. That's how we evolve, part of how we evolve. And, and, and so it's a real important aspect of our identities, multiple identities as a human race. So, um, so what can we do? What can we do with hate? Well, if I had my druthers, I'd reach out there right now and I'd, I'd make sure everyone out there heard this message and it went seared right into their souls and then began to rethink their whole thing with hatred. That's one thing we can do. As The people that are out there that are listening, that are already in the choir that I'm preaching to right now, those people can, can do their part to speak up in favor of difference in favor of people being allowed to find their own sexual orientation, to be in their own culture, to be a part of their own language system, to be a part of their own ethnicity, to, be a, to own their own gender in their body language, in their body, and the way they dress, in every aspect that they want to, um, to have their own political opinion, and to not be wronged for having that opinion. Um, to to have their own religion and not be wronged for having that religion. Uh, the reason why, for example, that Donald Trump said that he was going to make sure that no Muslims could get into our country 
and that he was going to shadow those that were here to find out what they were up to all the time is because of fear. His hate is based in fear. All of those bad people out there are going to harm us. We have to get rid of all of them. And they're going to harm us if we don't. And of course, that's absolutely false. Absolutely false. And, and uh, so that's the kind of thing that we're talking about when we, when we talk about using not. We can use hate for more hate. Or we can use hate to say, oh, well, I need to become more conscious. If I hate somebody... That just means I need to become more conscious. If I see someone who's different, oh, different. If I see someone who's different, then what that means is that this is an opportunity for greater evolution. It doesn't mean, oh, that they should be hated because they're different. Um, and so that's, that's, uh, that's the biggest deal is to begin to see that uh, or begin to let other people know that hate does not say anything at all about the person you hate. It only says something about your insecurities and your need to project those onto other people. And um, so that's the message in, in hate that we, uh, those of us that are more conscious of it can start beginning to get that out there more and more and more. And so that's what I challenge you all who are listening to do is to get that message out there more and more and more that this hate is an opportunity for us to grow more conscious. Uh, and uh, so, all right, so there's that. The other thing we can do is to do the work of consciousness. And so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that in the last segment of the show. But for right now, I just sort of want to introduce it. The idea is that uh, when we begin to say, I want to become more conscious, what we do is begin to take more personal responsibility for our own um, internality. What goes on inside of me is my responsibility it's not your responsibility. It's not anyone else's responsibility. It's my responsibility. And I'm, I'm responsible for getting to know what I say to myself, getting to know what goes on inside of me in a really deep way that helps me become more conscious. I'm responsible for the work of that. I'm responsible for listening to the messages of my own emotions, which we've talked about several times on this show. I'm responsible for listening to my own intuition, which we've also talked about on this show, my own discernment, which we've also talked about this show, and, in, and for getting in touch with my desires, which we've also talked about on this show. So um, I'm responsible for coming up with my own philosophy of life. What, is re- what, what do I really believe life is really all about? Not, did I, not what did somebody teach me, not to what did my religion teach me, not what does my philosophy teach me, but what do I really honestly believe way down deep inside about life and about uh, people. So if I have a belief that says life is just too hard and it's, it's, it's really hard to live and I just need to stay high all the time, <laughs> well, that's one belief system that we can certainly have, but we need to become conscious of that belief because it will drag us into addiction. So that belief will drag us right there and we'll stay there and we'll live out that belief as if it's the truth and it's not even close to truth. Um, So paying really close attention to to what goes on inside of us is the journey that we're going to talk about in the next segment to to, to getting to know what goes on in there, not criticizing it, not judging it, just getting to know it so that it can tell us why we do what we do. I work with people all the time who come to me and, and I'll ask them, do you, do you understand what's going on there behind that? And they go, no, I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't want to do that, but here I am doing it. 
And they don't understand their own actions. They don't understand even their own feelings. Why? Because we as a society, as a collective, have been teaching ourselves and each other, don't go inside yourself. It's dangerous in there. Which is why we have a proliferation of hate. Because if I don't want to know what's going on inside me, then I can project it all onto you and hate you for it. So we're going to talk about that some more right after the break. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Did you know that how you are feeling makes perfect sense when you look at it through the eyes of an energy healer? Join Ariel Hardy for Energetically Speaking, a show that will help you to understand what your energy field looks like and how to maintain its balance. With over 20 years of experience as an energy healer, Ariel now shares her secrets of how she stays connected to heaven and earth through challenging times. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's important to know as energetic beings how to feel grounded and healthy. We strive to help teach about the energetics within you and the world around you. Listen for Three Petals Healing with host Lauren Dillon Merrill. Through her experience and that of her guests, Lauren will bring you the support, encouragement, and knowledge to discover this every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back. We're talking today about hate and about difference and about the hate of difference. And what we've said thus far is that uh, hate is, is fear and that hate is often used as a projection so that if I don't want to know things about myself, then I can project them onto you and then you carry that for me and I can hate you instead of myself um, because I'm not willing to look and ask questions about 
myself and about my fears and about what I really feel about my sexual orientation or my gender identity or my ethnicity or my political opinions or religion or anything else like that. I'm not willing to look at that. I don't want to look at, I don't want to ask any deep questions. No, you're the problem. I'm doing everything right and I just project that onto you. So what we have said is that if you're a hater, that tells us about you. It doesn't tell us anything about the people you hate. There's nothing about those people that you hate because you don't even know them because you're not going to let yourself get close to them, close enough to them to know them. So therefore, it's not about them at all. It's about you. And that's where the focus needs to be. So what we've said is in order for us to deal with hatred and begin to turn it into love, we have to begin to get conscious. And that means getting aware of what really goes on inside of us. So what does that mean? That means I begin to listen to my emotions as messages to me, for me, and about me. We've talked about this in previous shows where I begin to say to myself, uh, okay, well, what does that emotion mean? Now, I'm angry. What does that emotion mean? So, so, so for example, my anger, yeah, I'm angry because um, somebody in the, uh, on the freeway jumped, cut me off and raced out in front of me. What is that anger about? So I can sit with that anger just a minute. So sitting with anger means just let it be, let your present consciousness be aware of it for a little while. And so you can listen to it and feel it and see what it's trying to tell you. Well, I can tell you for me, when I've done that work of when somebody cuts me off and pulls out in front of me on the freeway, which they do to me too, um, you, uh, what that, what I, my anger is about my fear. I've just been really afraid because I just felt like I was about to have a car wreck because they cut me off so much that I had to swerve to get away from them. So my fear is they're going to hurt me and or the people in my car. And um, and and so I'm, I've got this big fear that comes up and I'm angry now that you messed with my insecurity. Uh, so now what I can do is own my insecurity, my fear of death, dying, and woundedness, which we all have. It's natural for us to have it. We should have it. It protects us in some ways. So I can own that now and just go, okay, well, that, that's my fear coming up to express you know, itself in, in the form of anger. Um, so when it comes to hate, if I hate some, uh, a race of people, let's say. Let's say I hate a whole race of people. That's a lot of hate first. Let me say that. But second... If I hate a whole race of people, what is that about for me? What what is that about for me? Well, some people says well, some people say, well, you know, I had some people of that particular race treat me badly. And my response to that would be, well, have you had any of those people of that particular race treat you well? Because I bet they would if you let yourself get close to them, close enough to them to do that. Because you know, there's there's people that'll hurt you in any race. Hello. So, you know, um, so that, that's really no excuse to hate. That's not, that's not it. That's not what's going on there. There's more to it than that. So that will not be, I mean, just make it real clear. When you say to me or to any conscious person, I think, that the reason you hate a whole race of people is because a few of that, those people treated you bad once upon a time. No, that's not it. That is not it. There's more work to be done. Go deeper. So, uh, you know, so let's look at that. Let's, let's go a little deeper. If, if I go a little deeper, what do I find? I find that, well, there's, there's that maybe I don't want to have to look at, you know, uh, the pain of, let's say it's, a, it's the black race because that's a, a prolific problem in America. 
the black race. I, I'm white and I hate black people. So I'm not, I don't really, I'm saying that somebody does that. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, I need to look at what that's about. Well, maybe it's because I don't want to even experience the pain of looking at that uh, horrible history of the black people in America. Uh, and, and look at the blindness that we still have about that. And, uh, I don't want to have to look at that. I don't want to have to take responsibility for that, so I'll just hate all of them. You know, maybe it's because, you know, if you believe in past lives, maybe I've had a life as a black person where I was shamed and reduced to nothing because I was black. So I hated myself, and therefore I've carried that on into this new life, and I'm a white person now, and I hate all black people because I don't want to have to look at that. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's something there that says... You know, more than just you hurt me, uh, two or three of you hurt me once upon a time in my life. That's not it. Um, Because that doesn't even give it a chance to move beyond that. Um, Unless you are a person who shuts down after every hurt. Um, if hurt, if, if, If a white person hurts you and then you say, well, all white people are bad, well, then I would believe that you might say that all black people were bad because they hurt you. A few of them hurt you. Um, but if that's, if it doesn't follow on both sides, then it doesn't make sense. So we have to go, like I said, go deeper. Um, if I hate all people of a certain sexual orientation, then, uh, you know, I might need to look at my sexuality and ask myself what I'm afraid of there. You know, what, what is that about? You know, what, am I afraid that I might be gay? Am I afraid that uh, that that gay people might hurt me in some kind of way? What what is it? What is that going on? Because there's something under there that says I have to hate you to cope with my own life. Um, very commonly, homophobia is made up of a person who is afraid of their own sexuality. So they're they may not be gay, but they might be afraid that they'll be gay. Um, very commonly, they are gay, and they don't want to know that. But but and so they hate gay people so that they don't have to come to terms with their own sexual orientation. That is a very common theme of homophobia, but it's not the only one. Um, there are people who are really straight people, but they're just afraid that if they that that they might not be. And psychologists have determined that sexuality happens on a continuum with heterosexuality on one end of the pole and uh, homo, uh, homosexuality are. Uh, uh, variant sexual orientation on the other end of the pole and in the middle there's all these gradations in between where people can be a little gay and a little straight and a lot straight and a little gay and the middle the very middle is bisexuality where a person can fall in love with a person of the same sex or someone of the opposite sex um, and and love just the same way they just it doesn't have anything to do with the person's gender so um you know, if if it really is on a continuum, then you know if you have feelings for someone of the same sex, some same sex, then you might, you know, feel like that's scary. I don't want to know that. I don't want to think about that. Oh no, no, no! I can't think about that. So I just hate all people that are uh, of a different sexual orientation than mine. And uh, the same with gender identity. I think, like I said in the previous segment, we've learned more about gender in the past 30 years than we've ever known in the history of the world. That gender isn't the sex you were assigned at birth. Gender is some, uh, a, a part of who you are as a person. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of soulfulness. It's a kind of way of being a soul 
in a body. And it's more than just uh, whether or not you have the right anatomical equipment to be of that gender. Um, so gender is not, gender is something different than sex. Sex is who you were assigned at at birth. Gender is who you are as a being inside of you uh, with regard to gender. So um, we have put, we have socked so much information over the centuries into what a gender should look like, walk like, talk like, think like. You know, women are supposed to be more intuitive than men. That's not always the case. When I still have people talk to me about, well, you know, all the uh, men, they just all feel this way, or women, they just all feel this way. And in 33 years of practice in my office, I, I don't see it. When, when the masks and costumes come off, what you see is people of different uh, genders feel exactly the same way about life. They want the same things. They have the same needs. Their heart breaks the same way. They open to life the same way. It's not about gender. It's just not. Now, I'm not saying there's no differences between the, uh, the, the biological, biological genders, but I am saying that, yes, uh, there's a sameness there that when we get past what we've taught people to be with regard to gender, then they just become the human beings they are, and, and they want the same exact things. So the idea that men are from Mars and women are from Venus, in my opinion, is utterly false. We're all from planet Earth. And we all want the same things. So um, in, in terms of uh, gender, if we hate people of, uh, of a different gender identity, a transgendered person, if we hate that person for being gen- transgendered, what does that say about our own fears about gender? That's what we need to be looking at. We don't need to be looking at that person and saying they're bad. We need to look into ourselves and go, what's, what's up with me and gender? What's that about? Why am I so afraid of that? And ask those questions honestly and come to some real honest answers. Because that is evolutionary. That is consciousness awakening. And that is how we become an authentic person. And until as long as we're hating, especially if we're hating a whole race of people, that, that screams inauthenticity. There's no authenticity there. There's no genuineness there. That's a person who's unconscious. At least in that department. So... Uh, so, uh, you know, with, with regard to difference, what we said earlier in the show is that difference is a grand opportunity for us as a collective to awaken to, our, to, our, to the creative impulses that are inherent in difference, that since there is difference, it makes us have to grow to be accommodate each other and be willing to negotiate with each other in some different ways so that we're not impatient with each other for their differences, um, and I said that's what happens in coupled relationships where, where two couples have to work with the differences between the two of them. They have to learn to accommodate, negotiate, and be patient with each other's difference and just go, okay, that's just him. That's just her. That's just the way they are. And that's okay with me. It's okay. Um, so, so turning hate into love means that we first begin to love ourselves. If I love me, then there's no need for me to hate you. Uh, if I don't love me, then I'm probably going to find lots of reasons to hate other people because I'm going to project onto them all the things I don't like about myself or fear about myself. And then I'm going to want them to be like me. And how are they going to be like me if I don't even know me? You know, the whole thing is uh, really an unconscious twist. So uh, in order for, for, for me to like me, I've got to get to know me. And it's the same with other people. 
if I if I hate a person, one of the best solutions to that hatred is to get to know them. Really get to know them. Get to know them very well. And then I won't hate them anymore. It's not possible to really know another human being and really hate them. It's not possible. Even a serial killer comes from, you know, the deepest from the deepest part of themselves. They come from something more real that that uh, they've, they've hidden from themselves, obviously, and they're filled with hate and unconsciousness. But uh, and that there is something deeper there. But so so getting to know ourselves is how we we'll love ourselves, and getting to know other people is how we we'll learn to love them, and that's really what it's all about. Um, so. That's the process. It's a consciousness-raising experience, and I think our country is being challenged at this point to raise its consciousness about hatred and about difference in a way that it's never been challenged to do before because we got the law on the books. The laws are there. They're already on the books. Now we need to adjust psychologically, and here we go. Okay, so that's it for today. Remember uh, that we're coming back again next week and that your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 